Coming up in the 5 o'clock hour, John Holcomb and Dusty Dvorak join us here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app. And don't forget, tomorrow we have OSU basketball here on the Blitz. Pre-game coverage at noon. Tip-off from gallagher Iba Arena at 1 o'clock. Oklahoma State hosting BYU. Before we talk more college hoops, I do want to mention, as Scott reminded us in the two-minute drill of Tiger Woods' withdrawal, Dan Rappaport tweeted this just a short time ago. Tiger Woods has made six official starts since the car accident. He has finished 72 holes just twice with one missed cut and three withdrawals. Mm. Not great. Not great at all. But it is at least a little bit of a, uh, I guess, a better news situation because Sky is reporting, Sky News. You said it was an illness, Scott. They are saying That's what the official PGA Tour release says. It was withdrew due to illness. This is stomach illness is what Sky is reporting. So the stomach bug is going around. Well, that's better than any sort of... Like actual physical injury. Yeah, I'm I'm with you, and I I just have higher hopes this year because, and that, as incredible as that stat is that Dan Rappaport had, you know, since the car wreck, I have higher hopes this year because he looks way better physically after having his leg operated on again this year. So I I hope that his body can hold up to it, and I'm happy that it is a, an illness. By the way, Steve McGee is reporting live now from Indianapolis where it's just snowing like all get out yeah. downtown right now. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh, that's brutal. Happy All-Star Weekend. Yeah, no yeah, I'm doubt. I'm sure the NBA loves that. Yeah. Steve going to get an, an invite to Kenny the Jets All-Star Weekend party? I bet you some of those are fun. It's, I mean, it's pretty legendary when you hear people talk about, I mean, that's, Maybe See? the most exclusive of all of the All-Star Weekend celebrations. Another reason why we need it in OKC. That's right. Access to the uh, Kenny the Jet Smith. We crash that thing. All-Star party. We probably wouldn't even get close to getting in, but... No, not at all. We can dream, right? I would, I would sure dream. as hell try. <laughs> Act like you've been there before. That's right. Walk with walk, a purpose. Walk with a purpose. Don't make eye contact with anyone. Eyes straight ahead, a little pace in your steps, no facial expressions. Mm-mm. I'm supposed to be here, baby. That's right. I'm supposed to be here. Kenny personally invited me. Yeah. I want you to question whether or not if you slow me down that there's going to be a repercussion on you. Yeah. Who are you to slow me down? All right. Flashlight cop, get out of here. <laughs> I'm famous. Uh, I don't even look at it as I'm famous. It's just like, you know, maybe I'm I'm part of the staff that has to go take care of an issue. I just want to look at him like, you're supposed to be checking on the pores, not me. You know, that (laughs) type of look that you give him? Yeah. (laughs) I'm here to do a job, sir. Yeah. Just like you. Exactly. Just like you. All right, college hoops. Again, Oklahoma State hoops tomorrow, noon, pregame, 1 o'clock tip-off, hosting BYU. Both Oklahoma and Oklahoma State tomorrow are home underdogs. They are. And both in vastly different places right now because this is an an opportunity for Oklahoma to 
improve their seeding line with where they're at right now in that six to seven range. And this is a big potential for resume type win for Oklahoma. Uh, and yeah. it's and it's not in Fog Allen, so you might actually have a chance of winning this one. You know, it's not eight on five. Not, yes, <laughs> or maybe even more in certain instances. And for Oklahoma State, I think most of the attention for me is kind of on what Boynton said yesterday and what has come out this week in the papers and doubling down on it. And we'll get to more of that in a bit. But uh, to me, this is a this is a must-win game for BYU in terms of NCAA tournament in general because this is a bad loss for BYU if they come in here and lose at Gallagher-Iba. Now, is there a chance that they could? Yeah, hell yeah, there is. But this would absolutely be in the bad loss category for BYU, who's kind of right there on the fringe right now of whether or not they're going to make the tournament. Yeah. The type of school that hopes that they increase the amount of teams that are going to be in the NCAA tournament. That's where BYU is at. I don't think in this conference you can take it for granted that that you're going to go on the road anywhere and just cruise. Not right? at all. Now, there are probably some home matchups that you you have that feeling, but... Yeah, I think in this league, you you got to show up every time you hit the road. And while Oklahoma State is at the very bottom, still a team on the road that you you know you don't want to show up flat against. Yes. As of this morning, Joe Lenardi has BYU as a five seed. See, I mean, solidly in, much more solid than what I would have thought off the top of my head. But still, you lose this, and that is the type of loss that you next thing you look up and you're on the five line and you tumble to the six maybe even seven, depending on what happens the rest of the way. I don't I know what the today, rest of their Jay schedule Billis, looks like. Today, Jay Billis put out a list of, I guess, his top 68 teams in the country. And I think of the top 39, 10 of them were Big 12 teams. Sounds about right. 10 I, Big 12 teams in the top 39 in the country? I know Fran was making a big thing, Fran Fraschilla, yesterday about how, his, in his opinion, the Big 12 was actually in a rebuilding year. And this isn't even like the best quality of year that you can expect out of the Big 12 moving forward. Now Arizona's moving in and some other really good schools on this, but right. he's he's like, you could make an argument that... Yeah, Kansas isn't Kansas, Kansas is, this year. Yeah, rebuilding for them. Uh, Houston's had to kind of rebuild a little bit from where they were at in the Final Four, even though I think they've done a pretty good job of that. So um, even for a rebuilding year to see where they're at right now, and that's more to me of a, just a general statement on the overall college basketball landscape. Yeah, I kind of feel like college basketball has been in a rebuilding year for like a decade. I think this year... <laughs> <laughs> I think this year there is a such a limited number of teams that I think that you look at and you just ask yourself, do I trust them going into postseason play? Do I trust them? And yeah. it's very low this year. Like, look at what North Carolina's done. I don't trust North Carolina at all. I don't trust Duke at all. I, I probably put most of my trust and faith in UConn this year. And I damn sure, just based off of history, do not trust Purdue at all. They're per, no. they're per don't for a reason. I don't care how much better Zach Eady is this year. Weird things happens to them in the tournament. UConn or bust. That's kind of how I feel right now. 
Which means that it should be one hell of an NCAA tournament, right? Typically, that, that tends to be the case. Actually, what that means is we'll probably get chalk. I mean, on the years where we think <laughs> yeah. there's not separation, then you get chalk. And the years that you think it seems so clear-cut, you get more chaos. Mm-hmm. But Yeah, I'm curious with Mike Boynton's comments this week. Does that add any pressure to tomorrow? I mean, you're already an underdog. You're hosting a top 25 team. Like, I don't think the expectation from anyone is that you're going to win. Like, you, you want to show up and give your best effort at it, but I, I don't think anybody's holding them to the standard of you have to go beat BYU. That said, I think when, when you make the comments that he made this week, and again, I, I don't think there's anything wrong with the comments. Unfortunately, no. timing isn't on his side with the way that it's perceived from a lot of your fan base, but does that add anything to the pressure of, the first matchup after you make comments like that? I think where most people are at now with Mike, whether it's... Let's see, how can I phrase this? Um, I want to say whether it's accurate or not, but, I mean, it's it's upon the individual person on what you feel is is truth in, a, in this moment like this. Um, but I I think the majority of people no matter what happens is not going to change how they view Mike, unfortunately. Right? You either like the guy and you feel like that he's doing an adequate enough job to continue on, or most people are like, all right, we're done with the Mike Boyne experience. I I know he's trying to give you a peek behind the curtain of what is really going on basketball-related-wise at Oklahoma State and across a lot of other programs. But this is also a, a case of I just think that there's a lot of people that, quite frankly, don't want to hear the truth. And sometimes they see numbers like like he talked about, not only to the world, but openly talked about yesterday. And they just say, yeah, I don't want to hear excuses. That's well, not really excuse. It's it's the truth of what's going on. You have to process that information a certain way. And I just think we're in many cases past the point yeah. of no return with how people feel about him in general. That's probably true. I still think that the majority of fans like Mike Boynton, right? Whether they've turned on the idea of him being a good fit for this team going forward is maybe another story. Yeah, when I say like, but, I don't necessarily mean like, ah, I can't stand that guy. I, I just yeah. meant like him as their head coach. Yeah. But yeah, I think that uh, I think there's been... I think this year has probably swayed people to the other side, and if you've been swayed, then you're probably not being swayed back. I can't stress this but, enough, though. It's like Mike Boynton told you a whole hell of a lot of truth in his comments. Absolutely. And we there, said this yesterday. Like, And there are people that are angry about hearing the truth. And I'm here to tell you that it doesn't matter if it's college basketball or anything else, that you can't fix what's wrong unless you address the actual problem and get to the bottom. And that has to come from a perspective of truth. And Mike Boyden is telling you the truth of what's going on within the basketball program right now. And... And probably the truth of what's going on in a lot of basketball programs, right? Yeah. I, I guarantee you. Guarantee you. I think Oklahoma State, though, from where they're at in the conference that they're in, I mean, Mike told you the numbers. Mike told Bill Haston the numbers from, from the Tulsa world and then doubled down on it. 
I was like, hey, hey, man, there there are six Big 12 programs that are operating above two million in NIL resources and three or four between one and two million. And Boynton says we're operating between five and six hundred thousand dollars. Now, I would also like to stress that those NIL numbers are the only ones that are reported because you can dig through some news news stories and find numbers for like programs like Kansas and what they're operating at and that is the only the ones that they're willing to tell you like it's probably much larger than even what's being said out loud but there are also a lot of stories where people have blatantly lied about blatantly what lied. the actual numbers are yes there there have been but if that's if that's what Oklahoma State's operating at then that's a significant problem that's a massive, massive problem for the program moving forward. And there are some people that are tapped out that don't have the ability financially to, to help on the NIL front, and there are others that just have the ability and look the other way. That's your choice. Like, do what you want to do with, with your money. But yet, man, there's an awful lot of bitching that goes on about something that is not living up to a standard when you're also not trying to help the program dig itself out of a hole financially to even get on par with some of the other other programs. And I know, I know, hey, hey just win some games, win some games. I, I, could you not make the argument that given how young this team is and the members of the team that they're relying on in youth, in youth, that – we have started to see them kind of turn the corner and get a little bit better, but we don't know from the way that college basketball is structured now whether or not that those players that are improving, that are good young players, are going to want or be able to stay there because of the financial ramifications of what NIL or lack thereof is is happening right now at Oklahoma State. That's what Mike is trying to tell you because today's – like NIL money today is not for today. NIL right now is for teams tomorrow. It's for tomorrow's teams. Like, and they have to get it to a certain level if they want to compete at the level that everyone thinks that they are because the days of Eddie Sutton are gone, buddy. Oh, that's long gone. By the way, completely different collegiate model as well. You might as well kiss that goodbye until something happens, which who knows when the hell that's going to be. Well, again, I think both can be true, right? Like, I think you are warranted to feel like it's been an underachieving period of time for Oklahoma State basketball, and simultaneously they need more NIL dollars to dig out of it. And the biggest issue here, I think, and, and this is not just an Oklahoma State thing, this isn't exclusive to just Oklahoma State, this is the reality of all sports, there's kind of this chicken and the egg type of scenario where I think when you need the dollars the most is when you're you're at your lowest, right? Yes. And when you get to that point, you have both sides that, like, one side wants you to start winning before they start giving you dollars, and the other side says, well, we can't start winning until we get dollars, right? And so which one has to happen first? And, you know, there's not really a right answer, but you kind of just get stuck in this like catch twenty two of of you know no right answer and no one necessarily willing to but you have to start to see the other side's point of view to your point yesterday though there's there's never enough cash right and exactly. and Colin was talking about exactly. there, there's never enough cash but in this instance with where they're at and if they did not get 
and it's not just Oklahoma State, but if they did not get recruited players and other players at other programs to join the program because they couldn't even get close to matching offers of other schools, and who knows what the rates are, but let's just say, hey, I coach, I'd, I'd love it here. If you can just match this, then then we'll go. And I don't blame the kids because this is the system now that is there. And if I was in that scenario, you know what I'm doing? Buddy, you better let's see what we can get, right? So I'm I'm not blaming the kids on this. But to start and to make sure to ensure that you not only get the quality of kid, but then you also are able to keep them if a different offer comes along, you have to have cash in reserves to do that. So now is the time to me to be donating to this, to get it back to a better level. You know, winning cures a lot. And the money that will come on top of, of winning also will kind of give you a, a little bit of extra cushion and a piggy bank. And then you can start stair-stepping after that. But you have to have a certain amount of money to even start. And I'm not quite sure that they even have the money to start right now. No, I, I think that's fair. I, I, I would add, though, you know, part of the problem is I think when NIL comes into the equation, you're at a point where... You're, you're probably getting the beginning stages of the conversation from the fan base that these teams don't seem to be improving and that the same problems seem to exist, right? So you kind of, you maybe have come into NIL with a certain perception that hasn't been shaken. Well, there's a lot of hangover effect from that too. You know, they still lack a scholarship player, so they were missing right. out on that. Right. You know, the funds haven't been there at all. Uh, they've had some injury issues, and, you know, sometimes you're not going to hit on everyone that you bring into the program and they decide to leave. But where would this team right? Where would this team be at right now if they didn't have a couple of the guys leave last year? That if, you were, if they were returning, that didn't decide, hey, you know what? And maybe you could make an argument. Maybe some of them are better off in a different place because of where they were at mentally on this. Um, but, I, you, you know, that... I don't know, man. I just look at a guy like Avery Anderson, and I'm like, maybe he maybe he wanted to stay because it, he liked it here, and they just didn't have the type of money that even freaking TCU has from a basketball perspective. Like that's the frustrating part. It's it's hard to get momentum, even if. Cause, so see if this makes sense. Have we not had the conversations about how G5 football now feels like that they are a feeder system or a feeder program to some of these bigger institutions? Could you not make the same argument that schools that are low in NIL that even get quality players in because of the work on the recruiting side that then the next year rolls around that they are also in in a, a power five school that is low on NIL like this can still be in the feeder program to different institutions across the country, not even in their own conference, but in all across the country to these places that, that have much better collective efforts when it comes to making sure everything's on the up and up NIL wise. Of course. Yeah. Okay, I, Cause I think that's the case because here's the other thing too, is as much as we want to sit here and we want to start talking about the gap between the have and have nots or the G5 and uh, the Power 5 schools, do you know what else is growing that doesn't get talked about enough? That is the gap in the Power 5 conferences. There are some schools that are running laps around 
other members of their own conference. Uh, yeah, of course. And it doesn't get mentioned enough, and I think that that is a prime example of what's happening here. And Mike Gundy's just spe- or Mike Mike Gundy Mike Boynton's speaking his truth. Like this is what we're dealing with right now. And I he didn't shy away from them not playing better. That's the other thing too. Right. Like he he tried he tried to say, hey, I I completely get it. But you also have to understand that it's not just sim- as simple as saying, well, you should win more games. It's not like we we're sitting here like not trying. Well, I, you know, the win more games thing, as we've talked about, I don't think there's like a number you can put on it where people are going to open their wallets and start giving. I, I think it's more about momentum, right? Mm-hmm. Like it's positive momentum, hope, fans feeling like something is headed in, in the right direction. And when it's not headed in that direction, again, win total aside, it's going to be much more difficult to convince people to dig deep in their wallets to to contrib- continue, continue to contribute when you're asking so much of your fans already and, you know, you're not even the the main, you know, the main event, so to speak, of, of your athletic program. So, so it, it, you know, it's, it's, it's a tough position to be in, without a doubt. And, and then the second part of this, once again, where I think both sides are right, like you're never going to have enough money. You're never going to be able to outbid everyone. So the money is is part of it, but again, that's where the other side of it is. There are going to be offers sometimes that are better for guys financially. Sometimes there are going to be offers that may be comparable, and then it goes to other aspects of making the decision on what is best for you. And if you don't have that side of the equation as well, then you're going to be out of luck anyway. So that's where I think both sides can be right in, in the conversation that's taking place. I just think that if... If there were individuals that let let's just say that they decided to move on from Mike, so buy out in the eight million range, if you can maybe whittle some of that off in whatever negotiation that they have on this, so you still owe him the money, then you owe new members of staff money that you're trying to bring in. A coach is going to come in and want a particular type of salary. Like, if you were to go to a G5 yeah. coach right now, he's going to want a type of salary. But the first thing that that G5 coach is going, to, is going to say, and by the way, if you think that some of these coaches don't talk on a regular basis about, they know what they're getting into. Would a, would a small circle, right? Would a G5 coach right now, outside of just saying, hey, you get the call up to coach in the Big 12, do you think a G5 coach is going to look at what is happening right now if that is that, that real number of NIL and go, man, that seems pretty good? Hell no, he's not going to. Like, he wants a guarantee, not only for his own contract, which, by the way, hey, you better add some years to that on top of it, but I need a guarantee from you that you're going to have this amount of money yearly, and and what are the increases going to be? And I, I want that in writing, that we've got yeah. this amount of money in IOL. Where's that coming from? Where's that coming from? Is there enough? Uh, is there enough people that have money that are down there that want to donate but don't want to donate to Mike Boynton to make it better. I don't know if that's the case, man. I just no, don't. It would be. I think it it'd would be a disaster. Financially irresponsible, I think, to pay him eight million dollars to not coach. I, I, considering yeah. the money situation they're in, yeah. I I just think financially there has not been enough people. And I, who am I right to tell you what to do with your money? That's not what I'm saying. But 
at some point, which is why there's a part of me that wonders, dude, did Mike Boynton come out and say this because he has heard so much nonsense about where they're at and why that he just had to come out and absolutely floor floor people with what level that they're really at. Like, this might have been his version of shock and awe. Like, oh, yeah, let me tell you what it really is right now. Maybe that hopefully spurs some people on to try to to donate some more money. And it might have the reverse effect, like we've talked about, where they're mad that he spoke the truth. And maybe they're embarrassed. I I, I don't know, but I this this next month of the season and the first couple of weeks of the of the uh, off season are fascinating as hell to me when it comes to Oklahoma State basketball. Because even if Mike Boynton's retained, uh, like I don't even know if that that fixes the problem either. Like they have they've got to find a way to generate more money. Regardless of how this season finishes. And I don't have any insider knowledge at all. This is just looking at it and and using a common sense approach. Regardless of how this season finishes, I would be shocked if Mike Boynton wasn't the head coach at Oklahoma State. As would I. It just it doesn't make any sense, right? Like what why if if you're already hurting financially, would you do that? I mean, you already don't have money. There's no guarantee the next guy's going to be any better or whoever takes the job or how much money they're going to need or you know, like it so you're just you're in a tough position is the reality of the entire thing. You're just in a tough position. You need more money. You don't have it. And obviously you have a bunch of fans that don't want to hear about wanting more money because you're not you're not well, winning and you don't have positive momentum. Here's the interesting thing about Oklahoma State is that um I don't think I'm giving away too much here, but from one of my understandings, and Scott, you might be able to help me out on this, but if you just look at the total amount of dollars that are donated to the university, like Oklahoma State, the institution, is ranks pretty high in terms of the amount of donations that they get to university. But there is a significant gap between what goes to the school compared to the amount of athletic fundraising that they get. And I know that sounds weird because all of us still have an image of T-Boone in our mind about what, what he did in changing the game and raising the bar to a certain level. I also feel like that there's a little bit of a negative that, that went along with that. And the only negative that comes is as you move further and further away from the donation and further and further away from T-Boom Pickens passing away, it's because there are some that uh, – let's see, how can I phrase this? There are some that probably have the amount of funds – that were willing to donate, and T-Boone just overshadowed them so much that they didn't really feel like that they were maybe getting the amount of love that they deserved. And I I, I just get this sense that there, he cast such a big shadow on some people. It's like, well, what's the point, right? Because we all want to be loved, and we all it's nice to be wanted, and I'm sorry if you're donating that amount of money. I want you kissing my ass a little bit. I just do. I just do. And I think he soaked up so much of the energy when it came to that because no one could ever, ever fully compete with that. 
And then I also think that it caused some people to be like, ah, no big deal. T-Boone's got it. And just, you know, that was their mentality. And they've carried that mentality on. And I, I just think that there's there's a lot that's going on behind the scenes right now that needs to get figured out when it comes to NIL. Oh, and by the way, if it seems like you're just picking on Oklahoma State, well, one, it's because Mike Boynton has openly talked about this now in the public, but these are the type of conversations that are having at Everybody. a ton yeah. of schools. A ton of schools. I, I think on top of your, your Boone Pickens comment, though. By like, the way, these happen the in Norman ha- a lot, too. Let me just stress that. Because if, <laughs> yeah, if, you, right. if you think for a minute that OU – is just immune to this, you are out of your mind. Out of your mind. The the other part of, of the Boone Pickens equation is you went from, and this might be a bad comparison, but stay with me for a minute. Imagine you have a pontoon, and then all of a sudden you get this incredible amount of money and you go get a yacht. Well, guess what? Maintaining that yacht costs a lot more money than maintaining that pontoon, right? So while you you now have this much greater awesome thing, it requires a lot more resources to maintain just to continue to carry that on. Yes, it does. And I, I think sometimes that that part of the equation falls flat, right? Like they skip steps in terms of how how high they can compete at this level because of what Boone Pickens did, but. That has to be maintained to or maintain you fall it. right back down the, the, the line. It's like having a house plant, man. Got to make sure you're taking care of that thing because if not, it'll start to dry up. I'm glad That's that right. you went with yacht because I, my brain was automatically going to pontoon boat in the movie The Great Outdoors from pontoon boat to suck my wake with that giant jet boat. <laughs> jet boat. <laughs> <laughs> but still great, expensive great to maintain. Movie. That's right. Suck my way costs a lot of money. (laughs) Costs a lot more in gas and taking care of it. Yeah. 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 So you now have this thing that's way better, but it requires more of everyone. It does. To maintain. And yeah, I think sometimes it's easy to forget that element of of this equation. And we're at the most unique time in, in college athletic history as well. All right, we've got to take a timeout. I'm Colby Daniels. That's Jeremy Poplin, Scott File on the other side of the glass in the Tulsa Oilers Hockey Studio. We have a snack coming up and John Holcomb and Dusty Dvorak in the 5 o'clock hour right here on the Blitz 1170 and streaming on the Blitz 1170 app.